Church family, what I want to do today is I want to talk to you about some principles of giving. As we're preparing for next week, as we make our three-year commitments uh, next Sunday, I want to talk to you. It's an awesome responsibility that, that, that I feel as a pastor of this church with all the new people who are coming in and all the people who are giving their heart to the Lord. Uh, I, I want to make sure that they understand what's going on, what's transpiring, and, and how they can be a part of what the Lord is doing here. And I remember when I was growing up and I gave my heart to Christ, I wish, I wish somebody early on in my journey, I was probably, I don't know, four, five, six years into my journey before I understood principles about giving. And when I understood them, it really did. It revolutionized my life. And so I'm hoping some of you who are new to the Lord today, uh, this will be just some great foundational principles that you could take a hold of in God's Word that would literally revolutionize your life, your marriage, your future marriage. The Lord will bless you. For those of you who have walked with the Lord a long time, trust me, this will be very beneficial, refresher for you in your life. Point number one is this. The, the, the first principle uh, is giving is a matter of the heart. Giving is a matter of the heart. When, when, when it comes to giving to the Lord, it's never, please hear me, it's never a matter of the bank account. It's always a matter of the heart. Now, now, many people in our world, even many people in churches, they think giving is a matter of the bank account. And that, that's why they say things like this to the Lord. Lord, you know, I, I, I would give to your kingdom, and, and I will one day... After, after I get a new job, because, you know, giving's about the bank account. Lord, Lord, you know, I, I, I'll give to your kingdom once I get out of debt because, you know, it's about the bank account. Lord, I'll, I'll give to your kingdom, but, but right now my kids are little and it takes a lot of money, Lord. And once the kids are out the house, then I'll invest in your kingdom. Well, Lord, you know, I, I would invest in your kingdom, but, but right now my kids are in college and, and once they get out of college, then, Lord, I'll, I'll invest in your kingdom. Lord, I'll invest in your kingdom, Lord. Once I get the raise, once I get the promotion, then, Lord, I'll invest in your kingdom. And, friends, what you have to understand is that giving is never a matter of the bank account. It's always a matter of the heart. Grab your Bibles and turn with me. Let me show you a scriptural example of what we're talking to you about today. 2 Corinthians chapter number 8, picking up in verse number 1, as Paul was writing to the church at Corinth, the scripture says this, and now, brothers, when you, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. Out of the most severe trial, notice this, they were going through a trial. But it wasn't just a trial, it was a severe trial. It wasn't just a severe trial, it was the most severe trial. Anybody in this place going through a trial today? Come on, come on here. Look at here. Some, some of you going through some, some trials today. You can relate to the Macedonian church. They were going through the most severe trial. And I love those next three words. Their overflowing joy. How many of you know that you can be going through a trial and still have joy? Come on, come on. Now, see, now you can go through a trial and not have some happiness because happiness is based upon your circumstances. But joy is based upon your relationship with the Lord. And here this, these group of people are, they're going through the most severe trial and yet they have overflowing joy. And the scripture goes on to say, and their extreme poverty. These folks weren't just poor, they were poor. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. I mean, it's a difference to be poor 
And these folks were poor. They had extreme poverty. And now, can, can you imagine this? Yeah, you, 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 some of you didn't believe this, that you could be poor and still have joy. Oh, yeah. These folks had overflowing joy, and yet they were extremely poor. They were going through the most severe trial, and this will blow you away. And their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. How in the world could a bunch of poor folks be generous? I'll tell you how. Because giving has nothing to do about the bank account. It has everything to do with the heart. And these poor folks, these poor folks going through a severe trial, they, they, they gave generously because giving is not a matter of the bank account. It's a matter of the heart. Matter of fact, listen, giving's not about the bank account. There are folks that got a lot of money. And don't give to the Lord's work. Some of you are making more than you, you, you ever dreamed you'd ever make. And you're still struggling about giving to the Lord's work because it's not about the bank account. It's about the heart. It's, that's why you'll see folks in, in third world countries who make $20 a month, some $20, $30 a year, and yet they're generous to Lord's, the Lord's work because giving has never been a, a matter of the bank account. It's always been a matter of the heart. And the scripture goes on to say in verse 3, For I testify that they gave as much as they were able. In other words, these poor people, they did their part. They didn't shrug off the responsibility on somebody else and say, Well, I bet you they're going to, I know they'll help. I know, I know, no, no. They said, We're going to do our part. It goes on to say, And even beyond their ability. They just didn't do their part. They did their best. I mean, these poor folks went beyond their ability. They, they stretch their faith. Scripture goes on to say entirely on their own. They urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the saints. I, I love that. that. That really caught my attention this week as I was studying. Here these poor folks go through the most severe trial and they're begging. They're pleading with the opportunity to, to give to the Lord's work. They say, don't you dare leave us poor folks out. We're going to be a part of what God is doing. Verse 5 says, and they did not do, so, do, do as we expected, but they gave themselves first to the Lord. Isn't that how giving works? I mean, when you're really giving to the Lord, you give yourself first to the Lord. To say, Lord, I want to honor you, and, and I want to please you, and I want to hear your voice and be obedient to you because you're my Lord. And they gave themselves first to the Lord and then to us in keeping with God's will. So we urged Titus, since he had earlier made a, made a beginning, to, to bring, bring also to completion this act of grace on your part. But just as you excel in everything and as a Christ follower who has the spirit of the Lord living inside of you, we ought to excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in your love. But don't just excel in that. He goes on to say, see, see that you also excel in this grace of giving. He says, listen, church at Macedonia, you may be poor, but you should still excel in the grace of giving because giving is never about the condition of the bank account. It's always about the condition of the heart. And many people struggle because giving is about the condition of our hearts. There's a, a second principle that 
I want to share with you today from God's Word. Number two is this. God blesses the giver. God blesses the giver. There's an old saying that is very biblical. Now, there's a lot of old sayings you can hear that are not very biblical, but this is a very biblical saying that, that you hear a lot. And the saying is this, you can't outgive God. Can I tell you that is so true? I mean, that is so biblical. God will bless you when you give to his kingdom. You know what I wish? Some of you that are new believers, I wish when I was where you are in your stage with God, I wish somebody would have told me that. I wish when I got saved, I wish somebody would have said, listen, Herbert, I want you to know something. I wish I would have been five, six, seven years along in the servant of the Lord. I wish somebody would have said, listen, Herbert, I want you to understand something. You, son, cannot outgive the Lord. God will always bless you, bless you back with more than you started with if you'll invest in his kingdom. The scripture says in Luke chapter 6 and verse number 38, give. And we're talking about giving. We're talking about offerings. We're not talking about the tithe. You're not giving when you return the tithe. It's the Lord's. It's holy. It belongs to the Lord. This stewardship campaign is about over and above giving, over the Lord's tithe. The scripture says, give and it will. Everybody say, it will. I I love how emphatic that is. Give and it will. You can count on this. It will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be poured into your lap. For what the measure you use, it will be measured to you. You can't outgive God. The writer in Proverbs says in Proverbs 11 in verse 24, one man gives freely. Yet gains even more. You say, Pastor, explain how that works. I can't, but I just know it's true. One man gives freely, yet gains even more. As he gives to the Lord, he has more than he even started with. Another withholds unduly. Another is stingy. Another is selfish. Another is materialistic, but comes to poverty. Some of you, you keep saying, if I had... I'd give. And God says, you got it all wrong. God says, no, if you'd give, you'd have. Because I always bless the giver. Why would God give us more when what we have is not already yielded to him? 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Let's look back at this Macedonian gift. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse number 6. I think it's very interesting how Paul starts verse number 6 out. He says, remember this. Hey, guys, hey, 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 check it out. You guys have a tendency to forget a very powerful principle when you're giving. He says, don't you forget this. Remember this. Keep this in the forefront of your minds. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. He says, listen, you're going to reap more than you sow. God's going to bless you back. Verse 7 says, each man should give what he has decided in his heart to give, because giving is always a matter of the heart. Not reluctantly or under compulsion. In other words, nobody should manipulate you. Matter of fact, I hate it. I hate when I see manipulators and shysters and shenanigans and gimmicks in the body of Christ. I don't believe in it. It's not scriptural. It'll never take place in this church. 
not reluctantly or under compulsion. Why? For God loves a cheerful giver, not a manipulating giver. God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace. I love this. He's able, when you give to the Lord, he's able to make all grace abound to you. So that in all things, notice, not in some things, in all things, at all times, not sometimes. When you give to the Lord, he'll make all grace abound to you. So that in all things, at all times, having all, not some, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Verse 9, as it is written, he has scattered abroad his gifts to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. Verse 10, now he who supplies seed to the sower. This is a verse that I've committed to memory. Very powerful verse. Now he who supplies seed to the sower. In other words, the scripture is teaching us this. When you sow your seed, God's going to bless you back. And he who supplies seed to the sower, you sow, and then there's a harvest that comes back into your life. You see, one of the reasons that, that, that we've encouraged you next weekend as we make our three-year commitments to the Crazy Campaign, to bring your best offering towards that. And my wife and I are. We're going to write our check Saturday night, two-thirds of our savings account as a, as a first fruits offering. And some of you, it may be, you know, 10% of your pledge, half of your pledge, maybe your entire pledge. But, but the principle in God's word is this. Start sowing seed quickly. Give as much as you can, as quick as you can, because the Lord's going to bless you back with a, with a harvest. The scripture says, now he, who, he who supplies seed to the sower, but first you've got to sow before you reap. And the scripture goes on to say, and bread for food will also supply and increase, increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. Verse 11, you will be made rich. I mean, the scripture is just so powerful. You will be made rich in every way so that you can spend all your money on yourself. I know that's what some of you thought the book said, but you'll be made rich in every way. Why does God want to bless you? Why can you not outgive God? Why is it when you invest in God's kingdom, he always blesses you back with more? He always pours it on you. He always blesses you back. Bless you, bless you. Why does God do that? So that you will be made rich in every way, so that you can be generous on every occasion. In other words, you give to get to give again. You give to get to give again. You give to get to give again so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. You cannot outgive the Lord. There's a, a third principle that, boy, if I was a new believer, I wish somebody would have told me this early on. I wish I would have understood it, that I would have got my eyes off myself and, and thought about what could happen with, with, with what a group of people can do together following the Lord. Number three is this, crazy miracles happen when everybody does their part. Wow. Not, not, it's just not about me. It's about the whole. I do my part. You do your part. Everybody does their part. And crazy miracles happen when everybody does their part. Exodus chapter 35 and, and verse number 4 says this. Moses said to the whole, whole Israelite community, like I'm saying to our entire church family, this is what the Lord has commanded from what you have, take an offering for the Lord. Everyone who is willing is to bring to the Lord an offering of gold, silver, and bronze. Jump down to chapter 36, beginning in verse number 4. I want you to see the response of the Israelite community. So all the skilled craftsmen were doing all the work of the sanctuary, left their work, and said to Moses, the people are bringing more than enough for doing the work of the Lord, the work the Lord commanded to be done. 
Then Moses gave an order, and, the, and they sent this word throughout the camp. No man or woman is to make anything else as an offering for the sanctuary. And so the people were restrained from bringing more, because what they already had was more than enough. Everybody say, more than enough. Wow, it was more than enough to do all the work. That's crazy stuff. But that's what happens when everybody does their part. Crazy stuff. How many of you believe that could really happen in this crazy campaign that we all do our part and it's more than... How many of you really believe that? Come on. All, all 25 of you. Praise the Lord. Amen. I mean, it's, it really, I mean that's what happened. Seriously. It's, it's a pr- crazy miracles happen when everybody does their part and does their best. And we had that happen on Friday night. Can I tell you, as a pastor... Um, you know, in weeks like this, you're already praying and seeking God and nervous. And, and then they tell you all week long, oh, the weather's going to be bad. The weather's gonna... You want to go up there and shoot this, the, the, the weatherman and say, hush up, quit saying that. And I'm, I'm praying against the weather, rebuking the storms, talking to the clouds all week long. And then Friday morning, lo and behold, I'm such a powerful man of faith. I know God's going to answer my prayer. And I wake up and there's ice you know, on my windows. I'm driving out. I'm like, Lord, this is not what it's supposed to be like. And weather's not the greatest. And then we got this flu breakout, and it's affecting a lot of folks and people sick. And we had phone calls coming in, people sick in the church family and transportation problems. And got a phone call I even received, just people just having a hard time. And so out of the 250, 275 people we invited to the dinner that night, we had 150 people uh, that showed up. And so the numbers were just a, a little lower than, than, than we wanted, and... I remember our Because campaign. This campaign was two and a half years ago or so. Uh, when we, had, we were running about 400, 450 people at the time. And 400 to 450 people in a two-year-old church pledged over $900,000. It was unbelievable. So here we are with 150 people in the room. And 150 people pledged over $500,000, and not just over $500,000, but over $600,000. 150 people pledged over $700,000. 150 people pledged over $800,000. 150 people pledged over $1 million. 150 people pledged over $1.1 150 people pledged over 1.4, 1.5, 150 people pledged over 1.6 million dollars on Friday night, 150 people did their best, did their part, and God did crazy stuff because that's what happens when everybody does their part and does their best crazy things happen. And I want to just share with you some of the stories of what God is doing in the hearts and lives of our people. Check out this video. It was a few Sundays ago that um, Winnie and I were riding home from from church and and, uh, it was God was just speaking to her, and uh, she just stopped and said, "Can I share something with you?" And and I said, "Sure." And we just started talking, and and uh, she said, "I think this is what one of the things that we're supposed to do for the crazy campaign." 
And um, one of the things I don't mind sharing is um, the annual raise that we get this year, um, that we were going to give that to the Crazy Campaign. And not only that, but we were going to give next year's with this year's. And then not only that, but the first and second year with the third year. That's just one of the things that God is speaking to us. The other thing is um, we were going to put our house on the market probably about six months ago. And um, we just didn't feel impressed to do that. I mean, we um, uh, the market was kind of uh, questionable, and God, you know, God had a plan. And so we were patient and waited, and uh, now we're ready to put it on the market. And God has clearly spoken to us that we're supposed to um, give a percentage of what our profit is on the house. So we've been we've had our house for about nine years. We have some some good equity in it. So. We're very excited about what he's um, speaking to us. Hello, I'm Daryl Davis. Marty and I, we have three kids, two of them currently in college, and which as all of you know, that's an expense. We started going to People's Church as a family in 2004, and the church had just started their Because campaign, and we took a leap of faith and got involved. We started contributing over and above our tithing, and the Lord started blessing the Davis family immediately. And with great enthusiasm, when the crazy campaign came along, we just, there was no hesitation from us. We knew that we were going to participate. We just couldn't figure out how much it was going to be. We wanted to come up with a number that, over and above our tithes, that we knew that was going to be somewhat of a sacrifice for us. And we sat down, talked about it, looked at our budget. Then we went off on our separate ways and prayed on it. and. and we collectively came back and, and reached a, a number. We set that number on the table and said, okay, this is the number we need to give, and we agreed upon it. I've been trying in my job, you know, career progression to get a better big, um, better paying job, a promotion, and, and I've been praying over it. Uh, my fellows in the community group have been praying over it also. But I, I've been on several interviews, wasn't getting promoted, and then Within soon after we came up with a number for the crazy campaign, I got promoted. And it wasn't until last Sunday that I realized that my wife really leaned over during the service. She said, you know, the number we paid for the crazy campaign is actually the number that you're going to get for your raise. And I tell you, cold chills, cold chills went through my body. I said, I can't believe it. During the first campaign that we did, we really had to stretch ourselves. We weren't making a lot of money, and but we felt committed, and we knew that God had something planned for us. So we stuck with the number that we had, and we just worked to make sure that we always paid that, and we felt that that's what God wanted us to do, and we just saw the many blessings just in that short amount of time that the first campaign that was going on that we received from Him, and we just know that this one's going to be even better for us. Yeah, we started seeking the Lord, and uh, we knew we were going to participate. That was a given. It just amounted to what were we going to do and at what level. And um, we really wanted to stretch ourselves. And so the number that we kind of have been going back and forth with has been way beyond our, our ability at this point. So we knew it was going to require faith and sacrifice and felt really good about it. But just praying about really laying it all on the table and what would that require, what would that look like for us. And so we've been given quite a bit of money that we've been saving up for um, some repairs. 
um, to our home and remodeling that we were going to make. And we'd already started making plans for it, telling all the family. And God just spoke to my heart and said, I want you to give that to the campaign because it's more important. And it was a struggle for me because I didn't want to do it. Um, because that was money that was given to us, so surely we could use that for something for ourselves. And God just spoke to my heart, and I said, it is more important, and we do want to do it because we know that the benefit that's going to be reached through giving this money is going to far surpass anything that we could have on this earth. Hi, I'm Melissa Wallace, and I'm a single mom. I have two boys, and I've been going to People's Church for about four and a half years. When we first started, um, we were in the theater at Quell Springs, and the first building campaign that we did there was to build the building that we're in now. And when we were praying about that, we just really felt like God laid a number on our heart um, to give to that campaign, and we just really felt God move in our lives. He really showed up and did a lot of miracles. Um, for us to be able to give the, the amount that we pledged. So there was no question of whether or not our family would be involved in a crazy campaign. So this time, through the whole process, I really, really feel like God has just put, um, put it on my heart to give 5% of my income above my tithe and offerings, and I'm just having to give it all to Him. I don't know where the money will come from. Um, but I know that he's going to be faithful. He has been in the past, and he will be again. And so for our family, we're just going to lay it all out on the table. Crazy miracles happen when everybody, single mom and two kids, when everybody, when a family with two kids in college, when, when everybody in their own situation and their struggle and their problems, when everybody says, I'll do my part. I'll do my best. And crazy miracles happen, as they did on Friday night. And next weekend, we're going to come together as a church family. Don't miss it for anything. It's going to be such a special day. Food and celebration and a unique service. It's going to be a historic moment for our church next weekend. Matter of fact, the number that I gave you today, the number could actually go up because we had people that I didn't explain the pledge card to the folks on Friday night, so there were some folks that were confused, and uh, some put down a one-year total, and it was actually going to be a three-year total, and they were going to give that yearly, and so I just didn't explain that very well, so the number that I gave you today could actually go up, and uh, just exciting what the Lord is doing, and there's a pledge card in your bulletin. We don't want you to fill that out today. We don't want you to give a dime to crazy today. Would you take this home prayer about it? Next week in this blank here, in this blank, if you'll put the three-year total the Lord is speaking to you to give in the next three years, the three-year total goes here. Not one year, your weekly total, the three-year total goes here. And then you can help our office by just letting us know how you're going to give that three-year total. You're going to give it weekly, monthly, yearly, and that's what that, that is for. But the three-year total actually goes in that, in that blank there. And just bring that back with you next week, and we're going to all have a, a celebration time as we turn those in. If you forget, no big deal. We did print up extra these, so amen. Well, you'll be okay if you forget to, to bring it back next weekend. But listen, it's going to be crazy. We need everybody, everybody that calls this place home. If you're a regular attender, everybody, do your part. Do your best. That's different for everybody in this place. It's different. But do your part. Do your best. And let's watch God do crazy, 
see miracles. See more kids changed. More people delivered from drugs. More people delivered from alcoholism. Homosexuality. More folks who are lost and bound up in chains. We're going to be set free. Because we did our part. And I'm pumped up about it. Lord Jesus, thanks so much.